All right. Okay, Revelation chapter number 2. And uh, medyo mahaba itong uh, pinag-aaralan natin, no? Yung local uh, New Testament visible assembly of baptized disciples ang doctrine ng church sa New Testament. At pinag-aaralan natin ngayon, uh, nung nakita natin ng mga nakaraan, yung Church uh, of uh, Galilee, yung unang church, that's the Church of Galilee, and it roved around, it was a mobile moving assembly, wherever Jesus was, he took them with him, they followed him, and uh, he would go from Galilee to, to Jerusalem, go through Samaria, He had a ministry in uh, Perea, and then he went back to Jerusalem. And uh, finally, the church was in the upper room at Pentecost. And uh, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit of God came down and authenticated the visible assembly of baptized disciples, the, the church. And no longer is the, the, the Spirit of God in the temple that's been suspended since Acts chapter 2. And now God's uh, dispensational program for today is the local assembly, visible, organized assembly of baptized disciples. Okay, God told them His presence is no longer in the temple. It is in the assembly. So where is the Lord today? He's wherever the New Testament disciples had, that have been baptized gather together. It is not the building. Okay? So these churches, if they decide to meet in the parking lot, that's where the church is. See, it's not the, not the building. It's the assembly. Uh, if the assembly decides to meet out in the wilderness, uh, in the trees, by the forest, <laughs> that's where the assembly meets. You see, the point of church is not the uh, house, it's the gathering, the congregation, the assembly uh, of these uh, disciples that have been baptized. The, everything that we're learning about, we see in the Bible. You see, and so uh, that's the important thing. Uh, ang church ba ay biblical church? Is it a biblical church? <laughs> and if it is a biblical church, it'll have the character traits of a biblical church, and it'll have the mission of a biblical church. Then we saw after the church in uh, Jerusalem was persecuted, that church scattered all over the world, and pockets of churches were established everywhere. And we studied that. Uh, we looked at the, um, the map. We had a bigger map than this. And we saw there were churches in uh, uh, Cyprus. There's churches in Crete. There's churches in uh, Mesopotamia. There's churches in uh, Asia Minor, which is Turkey. Uh, churches all over, uh, all because of the persecution. Uh, and uh, so uh, then we looked at the churches that were planted by Paul and uh, his missionary team we looked at the churches that were found in uh, uh, down over here on this section over here towards this way would be uh, like um, 
uh, Iconium and uh, uh, Derby and Lystra and so on and so forth. And the, the southern Galatian churches. Then we looked at uh, the churches in his second missionary journey, which was in Greece over here, right? Like Philippi, Thessalonica, uh, and uh, Athens, uh, and Corinth. Of course, Corinth being the headquarters of his second missionary journey. Uh, and then, of course, he goes across to Ephesus, and then we looked at the church of Ephesus, his third missionary journey. And when you think of Paul's third missionary journey, you should think of the church at Ephesus. He spends three years here and evangelizes everywhere that all of Asia heard the, the gospel and churches were established. And then, of course, Paul launches out from Jerusalem to uh, the churches of Rome. And we looked at that, too. We saw at least six churches in, in Rome. Okay? It's not one big church in Rome, the Church of Rome. There's, it's not that at all. It's the churches of Rome. And so uh, there's a lot about the churches in the Bible. And then now we're looking at the seven pastors and churches of Revelation chapter uh, 1, 2, and 3. And so we're going through the Bible and looking at the strengths and weaknesses of these churches uh, and strengths and weaknesses of the pastor of the churches as well because we know that uh, God uh, spoke to the pastors of the churches. Uh, he, he wrote to them and had a message directly for them about the churches. Okay? And so here we have uh, the church, the seven churches. We're we're going through it. <clears throat> that uh, the seven pastors and seven churches that we see in Revelation, uh, and we saw Ephesus. Ephesus. We saw Smyrna. We saw uh, Pergamus. <clears throat> and uh, tonight we're going to look at Thyatira. And then next week, maybe Sardis and, uh, you know, Philadelphia and Laodicea. And let's see if we can finish uh, the churches, the pastors and the churches of Revelation chapter 2 and 3. Okay, so ngayon, uh, titingnan natin ang um, the fourth pastor and church uh, in Thyatira, the church and pastor of Thyatira. So go over to Revelation chapter 2 and verse number, uh, let's see here. Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 18. Revelation chapter 2 verse 18. Mm -hmm. uh, and by the way, kung meron kayong tanong habang nag-aaraw tayo, huwag mahiya na ilagay ang question na lang sa comments para mabigyan natin ang sagot. Uh, as we're studying the Word of God. So, don't be afraid to ask questions and just jot them down in the comment section and we'll do our best to give you a response, okay? Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write. So, who is the angel of the church in Thyatira? The pastor. So, alam na natin, no? Pinagaralan na natin. You should know that. The, uh, the angel here is not a heavenly angel. It is an earthly 
pastor. Okay? The word angel means messenger. That's right. All the all an angel is is a messenger. Okay? So don't be uh don't be wowed by the messenger. It doesn't really matter who the messenger is. The most important thing is the message. This is the most important thing. Don't don't be sir, don't be uh, wowed by the messenger. <laughs> They're just a servant. <clears throat> so, uh, unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God. And he describes himself uh, two ways. He describes himself as the Son of God, and then who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass. So, three descriptions of Jesus Christ here. Number one, he's the Son of God. Uh, and that term, Son of God, uh, is talking about uh, Jesus as uh, God, okay? That's his divine uh, uh, title, the Son of God. So that means whatever God is, the Son has the same character and attribute. Okay? Kung, uh, ang, uh, kung siya ang anak ng Diyos, ibig sabihin lahat ng katangian ng Kajosa na kay Kristo rin. Alright? Just like... Uh, I, uh, I am a son of my father, and my father is a man, is a human being, tao siya, kaya lahat ng katangyan ng katauhan ay nasa akin, anak ako ng aking ama. E si Jesu Cristo ay anak ng Diyos. Therefore, lahat ng katangyan ng kajosan ay nakai Cristo. Alright? And so, he is the son of God. And what about the son of God? Well, his eyes is like unto a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass. Uh, this is not the first time that Jesus described himself with the, the, the eyes of fire and the feet of brass. Look over in chapter 1, verse number 14. Revelation chapter 1, verse 14. He already described himself like this. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and so on and so forth. So, uh, why is this important, that he his eyes are as the flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass? Well, uh, his eyes is watching the pastor and churches. You see, Jesus is observing. And so how many churches are there in Revelation chapters 2 and 3? Seven churches. Remember the seven candlesticks and the seven stars, seven pastors. Every church has a pastor. And who's watching them? Jesus is watching them with eyes of fire. You know what fire does when a fire sparks and starts? It it cones through, it blazes through an area. Nothing is left untouched by the fire. And that's the same way with Jesus Christ. When Jesus uh, observes the church and the pastor, he's going through uh, the pastor's life and work, his motive, his heart, uh, and Jesus is looking at the church and the church's activity and the church's uh, love and passion and ministry and work. Jesus is very much 
focused on the pastor and churches. Okay? And uh, his feet is like unto fine brass. And this is very important. Uh, Thyatira happens to be known for metallurgy. This is basically working with metal. And uh, uh, basically, uh, Jesus said, my feet is like metal too. And I'm going to use that to crush and destroy those things that are influencing the church for wrong. Uh, and if they don't repent, he'll remove them. <clears throat> he'll destroy them with his feet of brass. Okay, that same feet that crushed the head of the serpent when he died on the cross. He crushed, the, he destroyed the works of the devil. Well, he's going to destroy the things in the church that's pulling the church down. Uh, and so this is a very powerful image of the f eyes of fire and the feet of brass. Look at verse number 19. Uh, and who is Jesus speaking to? Is he speaking to the church or is he speaking to the pastor in verse 19? The pastor. The pastor. Why? Because it's using the T-H-Y, thy. T-H-Y, thy. That's singular. That's not plural. That's singular. So I know thy works. Whose works? The pastor's works. And charity and service and faith. And thy patience and thy works. Again, he mentions works uh, twice. <clears throat> and so this pastor was a man of God, busy in the service of the Lord. He had love. He had ministry. He had faith. Uh, he had patience and endurance. This, uh, I think if you're going to pastor uh, a church, uh, you're going to need these qualities, Okay. And they're commended by the Lord Jesus Christ. He recognizes their good works and uh, their patience and their love and their faith. And uh, pastoring a church, you need this very much. And he says, thy works twice, the first works and then the second work. And he says in verse 19, the last to be more than the first. And so uh, maybe what Jesus meant was that his works, the second works, uh, had more fruitfulness than the first one. And so this man uh, of God is a worker. He's a workman. And uh, he's doing good things, and the Lord recognizes it. And so uh, do you think the church, if the church had a pastor that uh, worked and loved and served and had faith and was patient and worked very hard for the Lord, do you think the church would follow Yes, and so uh, this pastor influenced the church. And so uh, if he's a hard worker, then guess what the church will be? A hard-working church. If this man uh, loves people, guess what the church will do? They'll love people. See, it's very important. The pastor is uh, almost like the thermometer or the I say barometer of the New Testament church. And so it's very important to have a good man of God uh, to be the pastor. <clears throat> Verse number 20. Now, here's uh, harsh words, criticism words. Notwithstanding, I have a few things, oh, plural, things, against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication 
and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. So Jesus commends the pastor, but at the same time he rebukes the pastor. Now why did Jesus rebuke this pastor? Because it says here, Because thou, you sufferest, you allowed this that woman Jezebel, which calls herself a prophetess. Now she calls herself a prophetess. It doesn't mean she really is one. She she and if she is a if she happens to have the gift of prophecy, she's probably a false prophet. But more than likely, she just says she's a prophet. And this pastor didn't do his job by protecting the flock. He just allowed this Jezebel false prophet woman to teach and to seduce the servants. These are the, the doulos. These are the slaves. These are the men that were serving in the church and uh, supposed to be servants of the Lord. <clears throat> And she taught them and seduced them to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Idolatry and adultery is a problem in this church. And who allowed it to happen? The pastor allowed it to happen. Now, Jesus is that eye of fire that sees everything. You see, Jesus knows. And he goes to this pastor and he says, I got something against you because you allowed this false prophet woman uh, to teach and to seduce these servants. And so uh, <clears throat> the blame for doctrinal problem goes to the pastor. Why? Because who is the ordained teacher and preacher in a local New Testament visible assembly of baptized disciples? The pastor is the one who's authorized by the Lord to preach and to teach. And so if he's not preaching and teaching the word of God, if he's not rebuking, reproving, exhorting with all long-suffering and doctrine, who's to blame? The pastor, according to Revelation, okay? Now, so, uh, now... Now, the Bible, the book of Revelation, assumes that the reader knows the Old Testament. And uh, we saw this last week, no? Pinagaralan natin last week, yung doctrine of Balaam. You remember the doctrine of Balaam. And then I had to take you to Numbers, to the book of Numbers, because Balaam is an Old Testament character. <clears throat> And see, the John is not... Uh, is not making up all this. The Lord Jesus isn't just saying something. Uh, the Bible is rooted uh, in the Old Testament. The New Testament reveals the Old Testament. And uh, the Old Testament is completed by the New Testament. <clears throat> And so two-thirds of the Bible is the Old Testament. So you need to know the Old Testament. And uh, it's interesting how the Bible draws from the Old Testament. And so, uh, just because Scripture is Old Testament doesn't mean it's not important or not relevant anymore. Uh, this woman here uh, is called Jezebel. Now, is there a Jezebel in the Old Testament? Yes. yes. Was she a good woman or a bad woman? Wicked, Wicked woman. Let's look at 1 Kings. 
Go over to 1 Kings chapter 16. 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse 31. Looking at the Old Testament. You say we're in Revelation. Why are we looking at the Old Testament? <clears throat> because God called this woman Jezebel. And if you don't know who Jezebel is, it won't make sense. You would just think, okay, well, her name is Jezebel. Well, huh. there is a connotation to her name. There's something very, very uh, wicked about this woman. Look at Re uh, Revelation, cha uh, I'm sorry, 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse 31. 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 31. And it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife, this is talking about King Ahab, okay? Ahab walks in the sin of Jeroboam. This is, a, this is the kings of Israel, and all the kings of the northern tribe of Israel, the ten tribes, all the kings they ever had, they were all wicked, they were all evil. And, uh, uh, King Ahab is no different. So uh, he, he, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. So Ahab and Jezebel, for one thing, Jezebel is a Phoenician woman. She's not a Jew. And uh, Ahab married her. He should have married. Uh, he should have married a Jew. Uh, chances are, uh, they would have been in the covenant. <clears throat> but he rejected the Abrahamic covenant. Abraham, Ahab has, doesn't want anything to do with the Lord, and so he marries this Gentile woman, uh, Jezebel. And they, what did they do? They worshipped and served Baal. <laughs> Baal. Who is Baal? Well, the, the name Baal means that the Lord uh, of dung. <laughs> the Lord of dung. <laughs> it's like, who is your God? Well, I worship dung. Well, you're dung brain if you worship dung. Anyway, <clears throat> so, uh, but this, their worship, the worship of Baal is wrapped up in immorality, in fornication, and adultery and idolatry and every time you see the twin sins uh, immorality and idolatry they go together they go together immorality and idolatry so wherever you find idolatry worshiping things worshiping man uh, immediately after that you know right around the corner the other twin comes around and that's adultery or immorality or fornication moral sins <clears throat> Okay, because if you don't worship God right, you will not live right, you see. That's why we need to worship the Lord. Because uh, if we worship the Lord, we're going to live holy lives. We're not going to commit fornication and adultery. And uh, we're certainly not going to commit idolatry, worshiping things or worshiping man. Hey, we worship Jesus Christ. He is our God. You see, we worship the Father and the Son and the Spirit. We worship the Trinity. You see, we worship Jehovah, the Lord. <clears throat> you see, uh, we don't worship man. We don't worship things, 
idols, you know, made by the hands of man. No, God is the one who made us, not us. Making gods, you see. And we certainly don't live in fornication and sin and wickedness. <clears throat> we keep ourselves pure. Husbands, you love your wife. And you only have one wife, you see. Uh, young man, don't commit fornication with a woman. Marry her if she's uh, saved and in the Lord. That's the plan of God, you see. He doesn't want us uh, living in, living in sin, committing fornication. That's, that's against God, you see. God designed for a man to, love the, to get saved and to love the Lord and to find a wife uh, who loves the Lord and they are supposed to raise their children to follow the ways of the Lord. That's God's will. God wants men to lead their homes so that they can follow the ways of the Lord. The children can follow the ways of the Lord. And see, man, if you're not, if you're not being a man of your house to lead them in the way of the Lord, who's going to do that? Jezebel, she'll come right in and she'll take over, you see. <clears throat> Shouldn't happen in the house. And the house is nothing but a little church. Every home ought to be a small church. That's the plan of God, you see. And then when we come together in the assembly, uh, we don't have Jezebel teaching and seducing. We don't have that Jezebel spirit in the church, you see. We reject it. <clears throat> this woman is wicked. This Jezebel is wicked. 1 Kings chapter 21. Go over to 1 Kings chapter 21. Just to show you how wicked this woman is, 1 Kings chapter 21 and verse 25, learning about Jezebel, the Old Testament. 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 25. 1 Kings 21, 25. But there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. You see that? Jezebel influenced Ahab and stirred him up to greater wickedness. This is Jezebel. <clears throat> so go back to Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 20. Now, balik tayo sa Revelation chapter 2 verse 20. And, uh, <clears throat> Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel to teach. Now, uh, can a woman teach in the church? Can a woman teach in the church? Well, yes, she can teach. She can teach children. She can teach uh, younger women. Uh, she can teach women. Uh, she can teach, but she cannot teach over man. You see, she cannot teach and influence the church as a pastor of the church. She can't do that. That violates scripture. Look, for example, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. So can a woman become a pastor of a church? No, she can't. Not scripturally, not biblically. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 
uh, 11. Now, does that mean a woman is not valuable, that a woman cannot teach, and uh, she has nothing to contribute to the church? No, that has nothing to do with it. The, the, the thing that the Bible is saying is she cannot teach the Word of God in a proclamational, directional way as to pastor the church. Uh, it's not her role preaching the Word of God uh, on, uh, and in a directional way, leading and rebuking and uh, uh, exhorting and reproving. That is not uh, the role of uh, a woman in the church publicly. <laughs> Look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer, verse 12, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. This is talking about the New Testament assembly in the church. Uh, the woman is not to not to be the one preaching the word of God. <laughs> That's the, the that belongs to the pastor. The ordained teacher and preacher in the New Testament church is not the woman. It is the pastor. Okay, and uh, <clears throat> look over in First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter thirteen, First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, actually. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 34. 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 14. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 34. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. For it is a shame for women to speak in the church. So when it comes to declaring and proclaiming and preaching uh, the word of God, the point of authority, which is the word of God, uh, that is not a fitting role for the woman. Okay? And so that's the order of the Lord. That's uh, God's word. And so here's Jezebel teaching, teaching the servants uh, of the Lord. And then she's seducing them to commit fornication. And then she's uh, encouraging them to eat things sacrificed unto idols. So she's violating the word of God all over the place. And uh, she's a wicked woman. Look at verse 21. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication. Isn't that, ain't that gracious? The Lord is very gracious. He gave her time to repent. God dealt with her. She needs to repent. And what is repentance? Repentance is a turning. It's a turning from sin, you see. And it's a turning to the Lord, you know. Uh, a true repentance. Now, some people say repentance is a change of mind. That is half the definition of repentance. That's the etymology of repentance, the change of mind, metaneo. That is not the definition of repentance. Uh, just because you know the origin of a word doesn't mean that that's how the word is used. 
So there's a philology to the word, not just the etymology. The linguistic uh, element of the word is extensive, not just intensive. Repentance is a turning of the will and the life, the turn, not the tear, not the think. It's the turn. And she is told to repent. And does she repent? Look at verse 21. I gave her space to repent of her fornication. Is that just mental? Is she just to repent in her mind about fornication and but continue to commit fornication? That's dumb, isn't it? That's what you get with Augustus Strong, Baptist theologian Augustus Strong is the one who started that idea that repentance is just a change of mind. And Augustus Strong is wrong, <laughs> even if he's a Baptist theologian, unfortunately. He's a messed up Baptist theologian. <clears throat> but she's to repent of her fornication, uh, not just mentally, but her life, her heart, her will needs to turn. <clears throat> and she repented not. You see? She repented not. Verse 22, Behold, I will cast her into a bed. You know, she likes to lay down in bed and commit fornication. And Jesus is going to lay her down <clears throat> and destroy her. And them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of what? Their deeds. You see? Repentance has to do with deeds. <laughs> Action. <laughs> Not mental. <laughs> Thinking, i got to change my mind. No, you got to change your mind, your heart, your will, your action, your life. That's repentance. <laughs> anyway, verse 23, And I will kill her children with death. I mean, I mean, can you be stronger than that? You kill someone <laughs> with death. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> you kill them with death, <clears throat> and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. So all the churches know. He said, I'm going to tell the churches, Pergamos, Smyrna, Ephesus, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, they're all going to know that you, pastor, you allowed this to happen. And Jezebel, I'm going to kill you, kill your the people that fornicated with you, I'm going to kill your children as well. And, and remember those eyes of fire and those feet of brass to crush them because of their wickedness before the Lord. <clears throat> uh, look over in verse uh, 23. I am he that searcheth the reins and hearts. Searcheth the reins and hearts. And uh, the reins means kidneys. It's an old King James word. Uh, reins means kidneys. And heart means the heart. So why is Jesus looking at the kidneys and the heart? Because he's looking on the inside, you see. He's looking on the inside. <clears throat> and uh, let's see here. There's a question. May tanong si Ate Nina. Pwede po bang magturo ang isang babae sa Sunday school ng mga bata? na binubuo ng mga lalaki at babaeng bata. Yes, pwede. Basta yung mga bata ay bata. Even though sila ay young people, halimbawa, bata pa rin ang 17 at pababa. So ang babae, pwede siyang magturo ng Sunday school. 
ng mga bata na kahit na boys, pwede siyang magturo sa mga boys ng Sunday school. Okay? So, that's not a problem. Ang problema, si Jezebel, gusto niya magpastor <laughs> sa isang simbahan. Siya ang maging teacher <laughs> na, ng mga workers, ng mga servants. Okay? So, ito yung mga men ng mga tahanan. <laughs> Gusto ni Jezebel, siya ang maging teacher nila. Yun, bawal yun. Okay? Pero yung babae na nagtuturo ng Sunday school, okay yun. Uh, in, uh, sabi ng Bible, pwede, pwede yung babae na magturo ng mga bata. Kahit na boys, pwede rin. Kasi boys pa rin sila. Alright? <clears throat> Walang violation doon. Very good question, Ate Nina. And, uh, <clears throat> so, let's see. Um, Uh, let's see here. Um, search with the reins and hearts. And saan natin makikita yan? Where did we find reins and hearts? We, in the Old Testament. We're going back to the Old Testament. Look at Psalm chapter 7. Or the 7th Psalm. The 7th Psalm. Psalm 7. And verse number 9. Look at Psalm 7 verse 9. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just, for the righteous God trieth the hearts and reins. You see, the hearts and reins. Who tries the hearts and reins? The righteous God. Well, in the New Testament, who's trying their hearts and reins? Jesus Christ. So is Jesus the righteous God? Yes, he is. You see, that proves it's another proof. That Jesus is the Son of God. He is God. Uh, look over in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. You know, God looks at the heart and the kidneys. <laughs> He's looking on the inside. What are you like on the inside? Don't impress the Lord with the outside. God's not impressed. He's got the eyes of flame and He can see right through us. And He can see Uh, our uh, our hearts and, and our reins. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. That's why you got to guard your heart. Don't allow everything in your heart. Allow the word of God in your heart. Don't allow everything in your heart. You've got to protect it. Because whatever comes out of the heart comes out of the mouth. And then your life direction will be determined by your heart's disposition. And so anyway, let's go back to Revelation chapter 2, verse 23. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. According to your works. And so Jesus, the righteous God, will examine us internally and will give us according to what we uh, deserve. Okay? Uh, verse 24, he now addresses the church, but unto you, plural, you, in the King James Bible, when you see you, that's always plural, you see. But unto you, the church, I say unto the rest in Thyatira, 
as many as have not this doctrine, which have not known the depths of Satan. Boy, God likens Jezebel's teaching. Idolatry, adultery, uh, immorality, to the depths of Satan. This is spiritual wickedness. Uh, as they speak, I will put up upon uh, you none other burdens. So God does not... Uh, add any more burdens to the rest of the Thyatira believers and church members who are doing right. He's not going to burden them. He's a just God. He's a righteous God. Verse 25, But that which ye already uh, have already, hold fast till I come. So those faithful church members, you know to do right. You have works, you have faith, you have charity, you have uh, service. You, you have works and greater works. Keep on doing right. Keep on serving the Lord. Wherever you're planted, whatever church God plants you in, be faithful and do right and hold fast those things until I come. Again, how long does God want His church to be faithful? Till he comes back. So when can we stop serving the Lord? <laughs> when we graduate to heaven. When we get raptured. But until then, we need to be faithful in keeping on doing the ministry, the great commission, discipling, teaching all nations. That's God's will for us. Verse 26. And he that overcometh, who is the overcomer? In the New Testament, the Christian, the believer, all right? He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. When is God going to give the faithful Thyatira Christians and all the other faithful Christians and all of us who are faithful church members, when is he going to give us the power over nations? When he establishes the millennial kingdom. Okay, so the church has a special role during the millennial kingdom. We are going to rule and reign as kings and priests alongside Jesus Christ. You see, be faithful, Christian. Be faithful because Jesus Christ will, will come and he will make us kings and priests and we'll serve uh, alongside the king of the millennial kingdom, Jesus Christ. All right? And we'll have power over the nations. Uh, verse 27, And he shall rule them with a rod of iron and the vessels of a potter. Potter. Remember pottery. Uh, Thyatira is known for the pottery and the metal. Hmm. And uh, uh, he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he's using those terms because Thyatira knows all about irons and brass and pottery and I'll rule them with a rod of iron and vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers even as I received of my father and I will give him the morning star you know what a Christian can look forward to one day you can look forward to a personal fellowship with Jesus Christ who is the morning star who is the morning star in uh, uh, Revelation 2 28 who is the morning star? Well, let's look at Revelation chapter 22. Go towards the end. 
We'll find out who this morning star is. Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 16. <clears throat> Sabi ni Ate Nina, uh, Salamat po, Pastor, sa paliwanag, purihin ang Panginoon. Amen. God bless you, Ate Nina. Uh, magpatuloy na maglingkod sa Panginoon. Uh, Revelation chapter 22 verse 16. <clears throat> I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star. So who is the morning star? Jesus is the morning star. So tingnan mo ang Revelation chapter 2, uh, verse 28. I will give him to the overcomer, the Christian, the believer. I will give him the morning star. We will have a special one-on-one fellowship with Jesus Christ. And I see the church is a corporate fellowship with Jesus. But when we get to heaven, he's going to sit down next to us individually. And we will have, he, he will be with us. We will have the morning star to ourselves. Huh. Oh, that's a powerful thing. Now there's a problem if you don't have a King James Bible. It's another reason why we use the King James Bible. Because if you have an NIV, guess who the morning star is in the NIV? Hmm. Go over to Isaiah chapter 14. Oh my. Isaiah chapter 14. <clears throat> This is the problem with new translations. Uh, translations that are not faithful to the Masoretic text of the Old Testament like the New uh, International Version, the NIV, very popular. Um, but there's a problem. Uh, Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 12. Look here. Isaiah 14 verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven? Oh, who is this angel that fell from heaven? O Lucifer, the Bible says. The King James Bible says, O Lucifer. So is Lucifer a fallen angel? Yes, yes he is. Now, in, in the NIV, it says, How are you fallen from heaven, O morning star? He didn't, they didn't call him Lucifer. They called him the morning star. Now, is there a problem? Who is the morning <clears throat> star? Jesus is the morning star. Is Lucifer the morning star? No, he is not. He's a, a Lucifer. He is a light bearer. He's like the morning star, you could say. But he is not the morning star. So the NIV confuses the morning star. And that's why we use the King James Bible. Because we don't want to be... <laughs> well, I don't want to part with the Lucifer. <laughs> So all those who uh, say, well, the King James is a nice translation, you know, it's a... No, it is God's word in English, you see. It's preserved, inspired, authoritative, in that it's a faithful translation of God's inspired, preserved words. And uh, we don't mess around. We don't believe the NIV. You see, the NIV called the devil 
the fallen angel, morning star. Hey, that's a name of Jesus Christ. It doesn't belong to the devil. Wouldn't the devil want to be Jesus? Oh, yes, of course he would. <laughs> so anyway, uh, verse 29, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Does the Holy Spirit speak to the churches? Yes, he did, and yes, he does today. So what is God's number one program for worship and service today? The church or the churches, okay? That local visible assembly of baptized disciples. So we looked at the church at Thyatira. And uh, next week we'll look at the church at Sardis. And uh, maybe, uh, maybe we can get through Sardis and... <clears throat> Uh, maybe we can get through Philadelphia and Sardis next week. All right. No other questions. Wala na bang iba pang tanong based on our lesson today. If there's no other question, pwede na tayo mag-conclude. Okay. Nothing. Okay. All right. So, salamat sa pakikinig ninyo sa salita ng Diyos. Thank you for tuning in. Huwag kalimutan sa Sunday, uh, ipag-pray natin ang services natin sa Sunday. Uh, 10 o'clock, lalo na sa mga seniors at sa mga caretakers, sa mga merong karamdaman. 10 o'clock. Tapos 11 o'clock morning service. 1 o'clock afternoon service. Uh, tapos uh, wag kalimutan um, ipagpapatuloy natin ang um, public evangelism natin uh, so pagpray mo ang pagpray nyo ang street preaching at gospel track distribution uh, and also wag kaling um, wag ring kalimutan ipagpray yung mga evangelistic bible studies this week okay all right and uh, God bless you and you are wait a minute <laughs>